Hey there, hustlers, and welcome to another episode of the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about how to build a biz, brand, and presence that's like no one else's. And my good friend Erica is going to help us dive into this discussion. But quick disclaimer, there is profanity in this episode. So if you do not like profanity, please wait until next week's episode. If you do, or don't mind it, I should say, and you have little ones around, I would definitely recommend listening to this episode with your ear pods in. Now, first, here's a little bit about Erica. Erica is a biz mentor for new Tell It Like It Is coaches who are ready to grow their online empires, especially while saying fuck. In her past life, she has been a successful interior designer and her home has now appeared in two best-selling design books. She has written for HTTV, Elle Decor, House Beautiful, and The Huff Post. In 2019, after making a world-shifting changes in her own life, she got certified as a coach, and within her first year, she has earned over six figures that allowed her husband and her senior basset hound, Gus, to move to Mexico. She is now on a mission to help a thousand women build their own online coaching businesses that turn heads, keep people talking, and make all the basic bad bitches jealous. Let's meet Erica. Hey, Erica, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you, and I am excited about this topic because I know my other fellow side hustlers are really wanting to cut through the noise and stand out, and I know you are just the person to help us dive into this topic. So I shared already a little bit about like who you are and how you and Gus and your husband moved to Mexico, but I would love for you to share a little bit more about who you are and kind of what got you started. Sure. Well, let's see. So right now I am a coach who works with other female coaches who are trying to build their businesses online. I like to say I help them get to empire status. And we primarily do that via Instagram. But another big piece of my brand is this topic that we're talking about today is creating a business in a way that looks nothing like anyone else's, but is really a reflection of you and who you are and who you want to be out in the world. So before I got started, I was actually an interior designer. That was my career before I was a coach. And my husband and I lived in Los Angeles and had this amazing life, but we started traveling and ended up in this cute little town in Mexico called San Miguel de Allende. And if you've never heard of it, everyone listening has to go Google it immediately because it is just (laughs) the most charming, fabulous little town. And Travel and Leisure Magazine actually chose it as the best city in the world two years in a row. What? Yeah, not something that they do often. So we came and we traveled here and we noticed that there were so many expats you know, we'd go out to a restaurant and we just hear lots of people speaking English. And we found out that this town was a magnet for expats from the US and from Canada. And so in 2018, we decided let's have a crazy fun six month adventure and come to Mexico. And after six months, we'll come back to the States and everything will go back to normal. But a month or so into our trip here, we both looked at each other one day and just said, I don't want to leave. And my husband said the same thing. And so here we are two and a half years later. (laughs) I hope that Jay and I get to a spot where we're like, you know what, like, let's find that place, that place that we didn't originally intend to be. But when we went there, it felt like home. 
Yeah, it's really fun. I never expected to do this. It wasn't really something that was always on my bucket list. But now that we've made the move and we're living as expats, it's just been the most incredible experience. And for my listeners, if you do not go quickly to Google that location, don't worry. Once you start following Erica, she'll show you her like view from her patio, which is always so breathtaking. That's going to make you want to Google it the second after you see it because it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I love taking people for walks around the neighborhood and sharing the church right by our house. It's lots of fun. Absolutely. All right. So here's my thoughts on this because I know that I struggle with this. It's something that I like do a yo-yo back and forth with, which is, all right, I want to build my business. I want to build my presence online, but how do I make sure that I don't look like everyone else? In corporate, we call it cookie cutters. And I think you actually use the term like vanilla coaches. Yeah. So I think let's just dive right in. Like, how do we get like out of that space? Because I think a lot of my individual like listeners are in that space of I think I gotta do it like everyone else in order to succeed. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is there is nothing wrong with doing it like everyone else. If that is something that feels good and aligned for you, there's so much out there, which I love right now for those of us who are starting businesses or growing our businesses that allow us to follow frameworks or do things in a way that someone else did. And I don't think there is anything wrong with that. I just throughout my life noticed that I was the sort of person who always liked to do things a little differently. I remember being a kid in school and I'd be put in some project group and everyone in my group wanted to complete the project one way. And I had this other crazy idea and I would share it with the group and people would just look at me like I was from planet Mars. And so this is something that does come natural for me and has kind of always been a part of who I was. I will say, however, that for most of my life, I realized, especially when I was a kid and I would get those crazy looks that I didn't want to be getting those looks. I didn't right. want to be the one who always had that different idea. And so for a really long time, I hid this part of myself. I sort of, I feel like I almost shut that part of my brain off and, you know, tried to just follow the rules and do things the way everyone else did, which I will say in corporate America, because that's where I used to be, that was how you had to do things. Nobody really, at least for me and the jobs that I had, nobody cared about, you know, how I wanted to do something or what felt really good and aligned for me or whether I had a different idea. And so it wasn't really until I started my business that I decided I wanted to lean into this a lot more. And I've since turned it into this idea that I really do want to run my business in a way that looks like no one else's has become so much a part of what I do now that it's something I think about when I figure out how I want to show up on Instagram or what I want my graphics to look like or even what sort of programs I create. Like I just want to always honor this fact that I like to do things differently. I have different ideas. This is not something that works for everyone. And there are plenty of people who aren't going to dig the way I do it or like my crazy ideas, but there's plenty of people who will. And so for me, it's just been so amazing and freeing to just really step into that. And my business has just become so much more fun on a day-to-day -day basis too. I, that's what drew me into you because I felt like there was something very freeing about the way that you were like, this is how I do things. This is what feels right for me. I'm not doing it to, to be like a shock factor, if you will. It's a, 
no, this is like really who I am to the core and I'm going to attract who I want to attract. And if someone's repelled by it, then hey, goodbye. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, look, there is some, especially if you're not used to doing this, there's some significant mindset work that I went through for sure. Because in order to really do this, you have to get okay with this idea that there are people out there who are going to be judging you. There are people out there who are, in my case, often are going to be repelled by me. I mean, I let, you know, I let the curse words fly. I'm always saying shit or fuck about something. And again, it, as you just said, this is not a marketing technique. This is really who I am. And so there's definitely an element where you're just going to have to practice and it does take practice again, but you're going to have to practice being okay with the fact that not everybody's going to love how you're showing up or how you're doing things. But if it's truly you and you're truly feeling aligned with it, I promise you, you're also going to find tons of people who really do love it and who are going to be so much more attracted to you because of it. So let's, let's hone in on something that you said that's so key because for something that like, I look at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is just how powerful you're like, Hey, it took practice. And it's something that you may even have to do a little bit mindset work along the way. I think that's really key for myself to take in. And then for my listeners to take in, because sometimes we feel like it's a, we're just flipping the switch and we're like transitioning into this thing that feels like it should be right. Even though it might scare the hell out of us. Yeah. I mean, it's different for each person, of course, but the first thing that I share often with clients is that a lot of us are under this mistaken impression that we can control whether or not people are judging us. And because maybe we're not stepping out right now and saying anything controversial or doing anything that might, you know, turn some heads, nobody's going to be judging us. And the truth is, if somebody wants to judge you, if somebody is a judger, they're going to find something to judge you about. Once I realized this, and I really got comfortable with the fact that no matter what I do, I'm going to get judged for it by someone, I may as well show up and do whatever the fuck I want. And not get caught up in this place where I'm just constantly worried about what other people might think about what I do or what I say or what I look like. It just, again, like the word is freeing. It was so incredibly freeing to get myself to that place. So what's coming up for me is everything that you're saying, I'm like reflecting on as an HR manager, I do feel there is this element, if you will, of if I go into a meeting, if I'm handling an employee relations thing, I have to be professional, right? Like I can't be the person that is swearing and doing all those things because I'm the one that's upholding to the handbook. But I constantly will hear from my peers when we are going out for a drink or if we're on a meeting where it's just me and an operator, me and a peer, and they're like, oh my God, I love the real Lisa. And Erica, it used to bother me when people would say that because I was like, damn, why does it feel like the real Lisa is not there in the other space? But it's the real Lisa that wasn't worried about being polished, wasn't worried about saying all the right things. It was the Lisa who speaks really fast, Lisa who curses like a fucking sailor. 
It was the, I am being raw and real with you because I want to connect with you. And it's those individuals that I still talk to every single day that I'll talk to after corporate. It's the people that are following me now in this new space. So I think everything you're saying is do what aligns with you, but also do you and show up in the way that you would with your friends and family, because that's what's going to connect with the people that need to hear from you and want to connect with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. Yes. And it really is, again, I mean, it's something that I challenge myself on sometimes. Like I will sometimes be thinking through a new program or, you know, a new masterclass or something that I'm planning out. And halfway through, I'll realize, does this really feel like me or am I just copying someone else? Like I will sometimes have to catch myself still when I do that and take myself back to this place where I can remind myself yet again that I do want to be making decisions from this place of how can I do this a little differently? How can I put my own spin on it? What could we do here to help this program stand out a little bit from whatever else is out there? So what I love about this is that for my listeners that are like, okay, this feels good, but how? I know that you have almost like these three questions that you can basically ask yourself to help you with creating that program, creating that offer that align with, okay, yeah, hit us with those. Yeah. So, okay. So these are my three questions. I always ask myself this, whether I'm creating a big program, a freebie, something tiny, it doesn't matter. The first question I ask myself is, does it feel ridiculously fun when I think about creating this program or doing this thing? It needs to feel like, oh my God, I can't wait to do this. That is the feeling that I'm looking for. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe people are paying me to do this. Yes, 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 yes. yes. The second question is, does creating this thing that I want to do, does it feel light and easy? And by the way, the answers to these questions will likely always be changing for you. And so, for example, at certain points in my life, it's felt really fun and easy for me to work on my, you know, putting more offers out for one-on-one clients, for example, and not really getting too caught up in creating a course and filming and coming up with content and doing all of that. And then at other times in my life, I felt like, okay, I've been speaking to people all day, every day for three months now. I need a break. I want to go into my own head and I want to create this really bomb baller course that I'm going to put out there and sell. And so I really like to check in and at that moment in time, say to myself, does doing this thing feel light and easy? The last question I like to ask myself is, am I solving a really specific problem for someone? And this is definitely, I would say, probably the most important question. However, I ask myself the other two questions first because I can often come up with an idea that very specifically solves someone's problem. And it might even be a brilliant idea, but if it does not feel fun for me, And if it feels like it's hard and overwhelming to create it, I'm out. That's not the sort of stuff that I want in my life at all. So those are the three questions that I always like to go back to before I put something out there in the world. Okay. So I'm smiling over here because when you just think of the first two questions specifically, you can even hear the smile on my face because it's not these like market research type questions. It's the what's fun. 
Like, what are you so like lit up about that you can't wait to announce it because it's not even fully baked, but you're that pumped about it. And then also what's light and freeing. And the biggest thing I took away from that is when you feel like you're like knees deep into something, you're getting frustrated because you've now written the thing like eight times and it's not connecting. It may not be the right thing. You may be giving your, putting too much pressure on what should be fun for you and attracting the people that you want to attract. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I got to this place after staying way more in the world of market research and asking my audience and getting ideas from them. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I do still do market research. However, I have found that oftentimes my audience doesn't know what the hell they need. They're not at a place where they understand what would help them get to that next point. It's like they say, you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And so for me, switching it around and coming back to this idea of what is going to be super crazy fun for me right now? What is going to be easy and aligned for me? As long as I'm solving a problem, that just always gets me to the place where I'm able to connect with people who want that thing. So let's play a little bit. Would you be open to like sharing maybe a program or an offer that you created that was unique and out of the box using these three questions? Yeah. So, okay. So I do have some typical sort of, you know, online course programs. One of my programs is called Instagram Coach Camp. And this is a program for other coaches who are looking to grow their business using Instagram. And during the program, I kind of share all the things that I've done and all the things that have really worked for me. As I was creating this program, I thought to myself, okay, I've bought a lot of amazing online programs out there. Just as I like to create them, I like to consume them too. And the thing that kept coming up for me was no matter how fabulous this program was that I invested in, I almost never finished it. And that was like almost without exception. Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't because the material wasn't great. It wasn't because the coach wasn't great. I just did not finish these things. And so I thought to myself, like, what could I do? Because I don't want people who invest in my course not to finish it, just like I'm not finishing these other things. And so I came up with this idea for um, this particular program where I offer two options. The first option is self-study. So it's like a typical online course. It's for people who have crazy schedules and just really need to get to stuff, you know, on a timeline that works for them. And the second option I called my all in week. And so what we do during all in week is I get together every day on zoom for 60 to 90 minutes with the women who sign up and I teach them the entire course from start to finish. So as long as they show up every day, and yes, it's an intense week and we spend a lot of time together, but as long as you can get your ass there onto the Zoom meeting with me every day that week, you will have completed the entire course, you will have learned everything that you need to learn, and the entire time you have access to me to ask questions. You're able to connect with the other women. And it's just this amazing, like, it's funny that I called it camp because it kind of feels like summer camp. <laughs> like that is the vibe. Which is fun. That like talk about really tying everything back to like doing something that is not like anyone else's, but in a way that's so fun. I know when I personally saw that as an offer on <laughs> your your course, I was like, 
This is game changer because I am so guilty of not completing the course, but whenever something's live, so for some of you guys that are just tuning in and don't know how Eric and I met, Eric and I are in a uh, mastermind together. And one of the reasons why I'm able to do the mastermind is because of the live calls that we have. And it's the only way that I'm going to complete it. And if I don't attend one of the live calls, I tell myself I'm going to watch the replay. But if I'm being honest with myself, I'm not watching the replay. So the fact that you came up with this, Erica, is such a great example of how you made it fun. You made it feel light and easy, not only for you, but you made it fun and light and easy for your students. Yeah, I have to say, the other thing I, I will mention is if you want to kind of lean into this idea of doing things differently, you're going to have to get comfortable with the idea that it's not going to work every time. You're definitely going to fail. You're definitely going to screw things up. And so that is kind of a little extra step that you need to take. But once you can get past that, what I find is even when I do have a failure, it will always lead to some amazing idea like this. And I had no idea if this would work or not. But the first time I sold this program, 80% of the people purchased the all-in option, which I will mention is $1,000 more than the self-study. So I really wasn't sure if people were going to make that investment. And I just was so excited to see that so many of them did. Huge. And I think what you mentioned too, though, about, hey, sometimes when you do color outside of the lines, if you will, it may not work. You may throw something out there and it may not stick. And I think this might be a good segue to talk about the mindset reframe, because I think you do a hella good job with, hey, even if you're not a woo-woo person, how can you at least have a different mind frame when you are going into trying something new? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of pieces of this. One thing I will say, and I think people often overlook this, it's be careful who you get advice from. I, one of my favorite hashtags, and I use this phrase on my Instagram all the time, is I say, your brain is a dick. And what I mean by that is because of the way our brains work, and I have studied this, but because of the way our brains work, they're just always in this protection mode. And I mean, this dates back to the days like when we were cavemen. And so this sort of behavior from our brain was really helpful because it helped us to not get killed. But these days, it just shows up so often anytime you want to do things differently in your life or anytime you want to try something new. It's just always trying to like jump in front of you and get in your way. So you have to keep trying to go around it and it'll jump in front of you again. And so it's this constant battle, which again, requires so much practice. But I just like to remind people that as they start this practice of really working on their mindset and trying to kind of get out of their own way, when you go and you're asking others in your life for advice on what you should do, and these are people that you may love and trust and really respect, but they might not be online entrepreneurs. They might not be people who are practicing any of this mindset work. So what I say to my clients all the time, if you go get advice from someone who's using their dick brain to talk to your dick brain, it's not going to be good advice. And it's so hard to like get yourself out of that like circle because that's just what we're all used to. But that is something that I like to remind people. You really have to be careful who you get advice from. And then again, just, you know, practicing this idea that 
you are not going to get it right all the time. It's funny. I just created for my business. I worked with a woman who helped me create guiding principles for my business. Okay. And it's sort of along the lines of like values or mission statements, you know, things like that. Yep. Yep. And one of mine was failure is expected and encouraged. I want to remind myself this and I want people who I end up working with to always be in experimental mode and always be willing to try something and fail and see where it gets them. Because these failures, which sometimes feel so overwhelming and upsetting, are often the key ingredient to get you to that amazing, crazy, over-the-top success. So when these failures happen, it's almost like nothing's going wrong here. This is exactly what needed to happen to get you to that next place. Okay. So if I wrote it down correctly, failure is expected and encouraged. Failure is expected and encouraged. I'm pretty sure that's what I wrote down. I'll have to send them to you. No, no, no worries. The reason why I just, to me, it goes back to even just the three questions that you were talking about earlier, because there's something so light and freeing and easy about that of, okay, I can go in this knowing that it's expected. It's encouraged. It's almost like going into a sales call expecting the no. What would you do that is so audacious because you're just like, hey, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to do all the things knowing that there's going to be a possibility there's going to be a no, but at least I'm not fearing the no. I am going in expecting and encouraged to fail because I'm going to come out at a better person. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And even trying to, something else that I do is I really try and remind myself that particularly when you're in this online space and you're on Instagram and so much is sort of built into this idea that if somebody likes my post, that means they like me. If they made a comment, they really love what I'm talking about. And if they don't, they must hate it. And it's so normal for us to have those feelings. And in fact, I think it's Instagram's fault because of this ridiculous, like you need 10,000 people following you before you get a swipe up. Correct. I feel like it's their fault. Like they've made people feel like this because what the heck does 10,000 people have to do with going to a web page? It's so crazy. It doesn't make sense. But I just try and look at all of these different pieces as data. I am collecting data. I have to take out my emotions because if I don't, I'm just going to be on a constant roller coaster up and down, up and down. So especially when I'm doing something like a launch and I'm, you know, for seven days or 10 days, I'm kind of almost feels like going into a battle and I'm doing all of these different things and I'm hoping for specific results. I have to always remind myself that I am simply collecting data almost like I'm a scientist or a detective. And it's my job to figure out what is going to work best for me and my audience. And so every day I'm getting a little bit more data and the next day I get even more. And then the next time I do the launch, maybe I'll switch things up. Maybe I'll try something new, but it is not a reflection of who I am as a human being or how amazing my idea was or any of that. It's simply just neutral data. Okay. You, (laughs) this is why I had Erica on this show because I love talking to her about these things because she does a really, you do Erica, a really nice job of giving us information, but also like reminding us like to do what's right. Like what feels right. Like not to feel like this is the only way there's multiple ways of doing this. 
And I know that my listeners are probably already like thinking, how can I get connected with Erica and what's coming in store for Erica? Would you mind just sharing a little bit about those two things? No, of course. Well, I love, love, love connecting with people on Instagram. So you can always find me over there. And it's just my first name and my last name, E-R-I-C-A-R-E-I-T-M-A-N. Send me a DM because I just love hanging out there all day, every day. And I have a fun mastermind actually that's coming up in March that I'm just super duper excited about. I am naming this my Empire Status Mastermind, and I'm really building it around this idea that we're talking about today, which is how can you create this online coaching business for yourself in this way that helps you stand out and connect to who you really are? And even if you've never seen anybody else do it, I want to give you all of the tools and resources to confidently do it for yourself and get yourself out there and hopefully make a million dollars. I want to make millions of dollars. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All of those handles are going to be in the show notes and we're going to make sure that this episode launches right before those doors open for this new program. So keep your eyes open. And Erica, we are doing this new thing at the end of each podcast where we're asking a would you rather. So my listeners would love to hear from you on would you rather binge on a reality TV show or binge on a Netflix TV series? Okay. Well, I'm going to have to be real honest with you because I have recently become beyond obsessed with a Netflix TV series called Bridgerton. This is the Shonda Rhimes show. It's basically like Gossip Girl happening in the 1800s. for me. And I love it so much that I even yesterday hosted a room on Clubhouse. I'm not sure if you've chatted about Clubhouse on here yet, but I hosted a room on Clubhouse all about Bridgerton. That's how obsessed I am. Okay. And I want you guys to know, because you guys have been following me for some time, I'm a reality girl through and through, but because when Erica talks about this show and she creates the best graphics to tie into her content on her feed that I'm like, what's up with the show? And she just nailed it. It is literally Gossip Girls in the 1800s. Like I'm so hooked that I'm already texting Erica, like, who is this person and why are they doing this? I'm, and I'm only like a few episodes in, but my husband's like, oh no, is this the new thing? I'm like, yes, get prepared. Like this is happening. Yeah. I'm watching it for the second time now. That's bad. That is amazing. (laughs) Well, it's been such a pleasure. I appreciate you so much as a friend and as a colleague. And I know that my listeners are really going to appreciate all the little goodies that you provided today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do. Take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.